Thank you for joining us for this episode of Casually Hardcore. Casually Hardcore is a proud member of the WOW Radio Network. You can join us on the web at www.wcradio.com. While you're there, you can click on the chat button and join us in Internet Relay Chat. You can also click on the forum button and join our bulletin board system. You can also click on the shows button to investigate the other fine shows on the WOW Radio Network. Please also click on the Donate button and learn how you can contribute to keeping the station up and running and allowing us to improve the quality of our shows in an ongoing fashion. If you wish to participate in today's show, you can join us in Internet Relay Chat, or you can email the show at ch at wcradio.com or casuallyhardcore at wcradio.com. And now, on with the show. I don't like this place. Alive, it's alive, it's alive! Well, you're never gonna get it, tell me what's that for? You have to wish what you're getting, this guy's been awake since the second world war. Well, you're never gonna get it, tell me what's that for? You have to wish what you're getting, this guy's been awake since the second world war. For Sunday, the 13th of July, 2008, this is Casually Hardcore. I am Gnomewise, and I am flying solo today. Yes, the Amazing Grail is off in Chicago, far, far away, and we've learned many times to not attempt the Skype thing through this particular modem, because, damn, it blows up. And Princess Emerald, our normal containment provider, is also out of town, so my loving wife is providing containment on the Munchkin and allowing the show to go forth instead of being cancelled, which is generally preferable. In the IRC, as usual, we have the amazing Muggy. Ooh, good Muggy! As our IRC rep, if you're participating in Internet Relay Chat during the show and wish to get information in front of me, please send it through the amazing Muggy. Ooh, good Muggy! He will filter it, condense it, and bring it to my attention. Please do not PM me directly during the show, uh, as it will probably not get paid attention to, just because I get information overload from all the stuff that is going on, especially when running a solo show. So, there we were, running an Internet Radio Show. What has been going on? Well... I actually, since we're in our random topic segment, went out and purchased an actual game for my PlayStation 3. I know, shocker, slash, ooh. I went out and grabbed a copy of Unreal Tournament 3 for my PS3 and realized that I fundamentally dislike playing that kind of game on the 6-axis controller. Uh, I learned to play that kind of game with the keyboard mouse setup, which I granted I only had really one good session playing it on the PS3, uh, but I do resoundingly like the keyboard mouse control scheme much better. Uh, I'll give it some more tries. Um, I'm also interested in seeing what the online play is like compared to the online play experiences I've had with other first-person shooters. It may also be that it's just been a really a heck of a long time since I've played a first-person shooter, um, that and I'm just plain old and don't have the twitch reflexes that I once had when I was a, a young gamer on the inner tubes, but 
as far as uh, prettiness factor goes, absolutely gorgeous. Looks great um, through the HDMI output rendered in uh, 1080i on the HDTV. Uh, very little lag, uh, good audio, good looking game. Has all the memorable uh, weapons and tactics and the kind of look and feel that I remember from the original Unreal Tournament that I played the living hell out of. <clears throat> Pardon me, still getting over the crud. The thing that remains to be seen is if I can really get used to the dual analog stick control. Um, just having a hard time wrapping my head around the move with one stick, point and aim with the other stick. Uh, I just might be too old for it. We shall see. Uh, what else has been going on? Actually have gotten out to see, for me and my wife, a remarkable number of movies lately. Uh, we got out to see Kung Fu Panda, thus the playing of uh, Kung Fu fighting during the pre-show. It was a, a nod to Kung Fu Panda. DreamWorks pulls it out yet again. Very fun, very cute, very entertaining movie. Uh, I'm a big fan of Jack Black, generally speaking, so uh, it was really a no-brainer for me. that I was going to be entertained by him. The Wall-E movie was your typical Disney Pixar cute fest. Uh, we're looking forward to actually taking Nemesis to see that today with uh, Grandma Gnomewise and Grandpa Gnomewise and see if we can actually get him to sit through an entire film. Yeah, that's going to be real interesting. Like, uh I'll let you. I'll report back next week as to what the final outcome of that little excursion has been. So yeah, as soon as we wrap up the show, uh, we'll be doing the very, very long drive out to Grandma and Grandpa Nomewise's house, and then going to the shiny new cinema that has been built out near them and attempting to get the uh, ADHD boy to sit through an entire feature film. If anybody can do it, I think Pixar can do it. Hold his attention. Give him joy. We shall see. And then actually managed to sneak out during the day on Friday to see Hellboy 2. And uh, Del Toro has delivered. Uh, it is a very entertaining movie. If you l liked the original Hellboy, if you like comic book to well done comic book to film adaptations, you will enjoy Hellboy 2. The movie is self-contained, but it's also a very obvious setup to another sequel. Uh, there's a, one whole scene in there, you know, a, a prophecy-style scene that is in there for no other reason than to set up a third movie. Uh, lots of good one-liners, uh, lots of fun action scenes, um, just a fun romp. Good popcorn movie. If you're looking for depth and meaning and you know, soul-searching in your films, this ain't it. Uh, but the Abe, Hellboy, drunken uh, karaoke section, uh, worth the price of admission. Uh, a a toe-curlingly cringe-worthy scene of uh, two very drunk, weird creatures uh, pining after their various loves in their lives and singing along to Barry Manilow tunes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Adam, the police officer, said you need to drink more. Yep, unfortunately, the drinking light that is illuminated is the coffee drinking light today, as this is Sunday morning. Uh, and 
haven't really got things ever together to the point of doing like the Bloody Mary thing uh, or the mimosa thing other than that one time. And seeing as I have to get behind the wheel of the car and drive out to the middle of bleeping nowhere to the grandparents' house, uh, that would be a very bad idea. So, what are we about here? Well, Casually Hardcore is all about wow for the temporally challenged uh people who are very interested in playing the game and would probably play a heck of a lot more if their lives permitted it so we focus on everything that's not raiding and today we will be doing our final outland masters of five our coverage of the Aukenai crypts instance in Aukendoon in terracar forest uh, which we'll get into into our next segment uh, we have a few follow-up emails from our last show, which was what I'm going to call our first show on tanking, because, and I labeled it Tank Talk 1 in the archive very deliberately, because I think we really ran out of time before we could cover everything we wanted to, and there's been no shortage of input on the website in the forums, wcradio.com slash forum, and through the email, ch at wcradio.com with, hey, you forgot to talk about this or you completely avoided this, or when we understand, we only gave our beginning cursory coverage to the tanking topic, and we will very likely revisit it with Tank Talk 2 at some point in the future. Uh, but Later on today, we will have the Aukenite Crips Masters of Five. Uh, we do have a few emails, though, we can cover. And we have, oh, here's a sh- an interesting shout-out. Uh, Small World Syndrome. I actually got an email from Linksys Customer Support. Apparently, one of their employees is a listener of the station and alerted them to the difficulties I've been having with the Linksys Cable Gateway. And I'm in the process of conversing back and forth uh, with them about a possible fix for the general streaming issues we've been having, which has resulted in me having to continue to use the Verizon uh, mobile card. And at the same time, shout out to Verizon for having a wonderfully stable system that in a mobile internet is allowing me to drive two streams of internet radio from my, you would think, lower bandwidth device. So shout out to Verizon and shout out to Linksys for contacting me and attempting to make it better. Uh, they say they may have a fix for me that will help both the Skype problem and the streaming radio problem. Uh, I will be conversing with them in the week to come, and I'll let you guys know if we are back on full broadband in the future. Uh, but in the land of small world syndrome and covering their butts and giving decent customer service when I've been shouting out at them in a negative way, uh, kudos to Linksys for trying to make it better. Similarly, we've got an email. Let's see here. Where did that one go? And we've entered our first section of dead air. Dead air, dead air, dead air, dead air, dead air. Ah, yes. The piece we didn't cover very well because, again, we had uh, internet issues at Glola's place. We had uh, light coverage on the Paladin tanking segment. We have an email here that said a couple more Paladin tidbits. Let's see... The equation for uncrushable is plus five to miss, dodge, block, and parry. One or miss, dodge, block, and block and parry need to be one hundred two point four percent to be uncrushable uh, for a paladin. This is with holy shield up for a paladin. I would suggest main tank and informs for all tank and needs, and gives the website of www.failsafedesign.com slash main tankadin, all one word, M A I N T A N K A D I N. 
I always hear my guildies complain about a paladin in the battleground is useless, lay on hands, getting away, and I'm always reminded of your comment, if it's stupid and it works, that's right, that from Conquest Iron Scale, uh, if it's stupid and it works, it ain't stupid, people. Excuse me. <clears throat> Dealing with the crud even more. And also in the Paladin Tank follow-up category, we have one here. Oh, I'm sorry, that's a duplicate of the same email. Yes, color me fail. Where did that one go? There it is. This one is called Tankadins, a strange species. Hello, llama enthusiasts. Just writing in to help fill in a few spots from last week's show. I am Hugh, spelled H-U-W, and in parentheses he says a Welsh way of saying Hugh, H-U-G-H, of Dark Moon Fair, an RP realm in the EU. Long-time archive listener and not very often live listener for various reasons. A while back I wrote a guide on how to tank it in from my own perspective. Disclaimer, my perspective, meaning that people will probably disagree with me. Well, my work on it kind of dropped off, but what can I? What I can do is send you what I did write. Hope you read it and learn from it. Learn, darn you, Sergeant Hugh, Darkmoon Fair, RPEU. P.S. Can I get a shout out for my two best friends, Tanny, Tani, and Namine? After all, we've successfully put up with each other's egos for nearly three years, and if possible, I'd like to give a shout-out to all the people keeping RP alive despite wave after wave of disrespecting bleep wits. And I will have Muggy link his Tankadin guide in the IRC. One moment. Yes, for once, actually using the IRC as it was intended. Amazing what happens when you're solo running the show. No, it happens, really, it does. Yes, I will likely go completely out of control on the drop-ins before the show is out because it's my way. I'll bring up the gray void here. No, this is the black void. Gray void is offline because since I'm stuck on Verizon, there's not a chance in hell I could have enough bandwidth to be in-game for a party as well as driving both the main and low bandwidth stream. So, sorry about the lack of in-game participation this week is either that or no show i thought you'd prefer to have some kind of show rather than dead air and reruns also after our show uh, octal and hordak versus the world makes their triumphant return from two weeks of pre-recorded goodness and vacations in the northern hinterlands of the los estados unidos or the northlands uh where octal is want to go on occasion to visit the family so stay tuned after our show for a brief pre-show and then the continuation of octail and hordak versus the world so where are we time-wise we are just fine i will continue my attempt this week to use music we are allowed to include in a podcast so that the archive listeners can get the full experience of the show i think i'm going to do a john colton tribute this time around we'll do a little uh, portal homage We'll do uh, the GLaDOS and John Colton duet version of Still Alive, and then the oh, Victims of Science portal remix. The device has been modified, I think. Yes. Do the radio voice. See, this is what I get for glancing oh so slyly into the black void. Should I do it? I don't know. I think I'll be nice, and I will 
link that. Well, Mookie already took care of that. Well, my, my wife isn't in the room to smack me or, or deny me marital functions. So, tell me, is this the voice that you were asking for? Hi there. This is Radio Gnomewise. Eyes, 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 eyes. Oh, God. Yes, yes, yes. Apparently. Hmm. Oh, wow, wow Radio 323. I'm so sorry you tuned in just as I was doing the radio voice. Yes, thank you for joining us here on Wow Radio. Hey, kids, how's it going today? <laughs> no. I refuse. I can't do that because... <clears throat> Damn. That actually hurts. And I'm not nearly drunk enough. Where's me drink? Oh, there's me drink. Get in my belly! Ah, uh, me love the drop-ins. Drop-ins are fun. Drop-ins make me funnier. Not not really, but I can convince myself of that in in the lone dark of the night. Silence! Okay, now my own broadcast rig is giving me grief. So, there we were. Doing nerdy, geeky-type things. I actually hit uh, thinkgeek.com the other day and obtained a bunch of the... Picture the traditional gas station attendant style shirt, the gray smock with the name badge on Earl or whatever. Uh, they have one that simply has in that classic cursive writing that says geek. And I have grabbed several of those to go on to my work shirts that I wear during the week when I'm off doing IT. So I can just be clearly labeled as a geek. Uh, they also have one that says hacker. And my other favorite is the smock I have from University of Advancing Technology. It has the actual picture of a ninja and the tech ninja written around it on the badge. So if I can get more of those that don't necessarily say UAT, maybe get them made up with my company name on them and just be a tech ninja, I'm sure 0.01% of my customer base will get the joke. But I'll get the joke, and that's what matters most. Ah, oh, Muggy is actually sending me stuff here. Yes. He's reminding me that I got a, a request to do the radio voice, and I've already done it, and I've hurt myself, and I'm not going to do it again. Damn you all. So, there we were, there we were, there we were, in the Congo. Yes, indeed. So, today's coverage of geeky goodness. What else have we done? I actually used my PS3 as a gaming rig. Um, I actually got my Wii up on the internet properly and investigated some of the virtual console. I had total nostalgia geek moments last night downloading and playing games from the old TurboGrafx-16 console, uh, which was a gaming rig I had in the early 90s, playing Bonk's Adventure, which was their Mario wannabe platformer, and R-Type, a completely frustrating uh, side-scrolling space shooter. And... They were just as much fun as I remembered. What was really bizarre is once the music started, I completely remembered it because can't tell you how many thousands of times I'd heard those repeating tracks over and over and over again when I originally played these games and they were still embedded deeply in my psyche somewhere and they came right back to the surface with just hearing a few bars of it and I knew exactly what the rest of the song, song sounded like, which was kind of scary. Um, no, I did not forget to do a music break. We're only 18 minutes into the talking break. Are you that eager for me to be off the air solo that you're begging yourself for a music break? <sighs> okay, where's I have to find a fail drop in here. Uh, 
No, that's not it. Uh, tangent! No, but we are doing the tangent section. Oh. Excuse me. Yeah, that's that. There's a good one. But you will listen to me. You will enjoy my solo. Yes, you will. No, really. Believe me. Damn, it's not working. <sighs> so anyway. No, I will not do the whole show in the radio voice because I would probably injure my larynx. Yes, that would be bad. And I just can't keep it up. Because it sounds really fantastically stupid. <laughs> what if I could like try combining, imitating Total Biscuit and the radio voice? No, I, I would probably hurt myself and get fired all at the same time. So, that would fail. I did not fail at fail. Damn you all. Mm, I have, yes, I have the microphone. You will listen to every word I say. That is actually one of my favorite bits from the beginning of the old Blue Please show. Ladies and gentlemen, do not panic. A cynical Brit has been let on the air with a microphone. You will listen. Uh, slash nostalgia. I'm, I'm just having a huge nostalgia trip here for the past. I'm, I'm, I'm old and bent and... <sighs> Turbo graphics, Blue Please. I'm sorry, I was miles away. So, <laughs> yes, you do have to. Where was I? I was ranting and rambling uncontrollably. You'd think I was a slanic or something like that. I've been infected with the slanic virus, which means I will talk about things. This means I should probably like, go read the front page of WorldOfWarcraft.com or WoW Insider or something like that, because... No, I won't do that either. Oh, my duck, his pants have disappeared! No, they haven't. Grail is in Chicago. I told you that. I'm going to slay all of you. No, Gwenora's not back for another several months. However, we did recently get an email. He did manage to get some brief internet service and is doing well, misses us all, sends love, hugs, and regards to all of you, and looks forward to talking to all of you again as soon as humanly possible. Excuse me. Um, so, we also need to pick a topic for show after next. The next show will be discussing transitioning from five-man to ten-man content for the more casual player. So if you can throw Moogie some suggestions as to what topic you want to be for the show after that, we can decide that together and announce it before the end of the show. Now, we are approaching our first music break for the day. And then we will dive into our content, which is the final Outlands Masters of Five on Akanai Crips. Our first music break, I believe, will be, yes, it will be the duet mix with Jonathan Colton and GLaDOS singing Still Alive. We will return to Casually Hardcore live on WOW Radio, www.wcradio.com, right after this. You're listening to Casually Hardcore, only on WCRadio.com. Where's my drink? Ah, the good old days, when all the guildies really wanted was to swim in a pool of epics. These days, forming and maintaining a guild is a lot harder than just keeping the players in line. They want to be able to see their own DKP at a glance. They want their own forums. They want a site that's fast and looks professional and clean. Oh, look. Why waste time doing all that yourself when you can get everything and more from MyGuildHost.com? MyGuildHost.com comes from the people who brought you UGT Ventrilo servers. That means low prices, great service, and enough features to drown an entire tribe of Murlocs in. If you want to move from your old host, well, MyGuildHost.com allows you to auto-import your EQ DKP, so the transition is easier than a bug shade of a karma. 
What, you, you still wipe on him? Well, we can't help you with that, I'm afraid. See what my guild host can do for you and your guild by checking out myguildhost.com. My name is Total Biscuit, and I am of the firm belief that Savage 2 is by far the best multiplayer title to come out in years. The reasons are many and varied. The gameplay styles are hugely diverse, ranging from deadly melee combat to infiltration to sniping to siege warfare to summoning to healing to building to commanding and much more besides. The world is lush and beautiful, and the battles pitched and hard fought between two very different factions. I truly believe. Cut, cut, cut. What? What's wrong? Well, you see, you're telling the truth about the game. Well, what's wrong with that? In today's gaming world, people don't go for that. They want pizzazz. They want epic. They don't want to know how awesomely fantastic a game is, or how you have to be borderline insane not to spend the measly sum of $29.99 on purchasing this one-of-a-kind FPS RTS RPG hybrid multiplayer title. Oh, so what you're telling me is they don't care how amazingly deep, complex, and well-designed the game is, they just want explosions, rock music, and epic voiceovers. Exactly. Now take it from the top. Do you like lasers? Do you like bears? Do you like bears with lasers? Do you like bears with lasers that explode and shoot lightning from their hands? Do you like bears with lasers that explode, shoot lightning from their hands, and breathe acid in your face? Can you name one of the game that has all of these things and truckloads more besides? Didn't think so! Purchase Savage 2 for only $29.99 at s2games.com Or if for some unearthly reason you're still unsure about how this game will change your life, check out the 5R free trial. Be a part of the most innovative team-based multiplayer title ever created, Savage 2. Part FPS, part RTS, part RPG, all animal. Warning, this game does not actually contain lasers. They are technically beams of channel lightning that look like lasers. The creatures may or may not be bears, but look and sound remarkably similar to bears, so you can just pretend that you're a laser. This was a triumph. I'm making a note here. Huge success. It's hard to overstate my satisfaction. Aperture science. We do what we must because we can. For the good of all of us, except the ones who are dead. But there's no sense crying over every mistake You just keep on trying till you run out of cake And the science gets done and you make a neat gun For the people who are still alive I prefer to stay inside 
Maybe you'll find someone else to help you. Maybe Black Mesa. That was a joke. brain surgery it's just a radio station although we do mess with your head from time to time from tanaris all the way to nobregon this is wow radio and welcome back to casual hardcore live on wow radio i am gnome wise and i am the only host you're getting today yes all you people in irc and people who've emailed saying hey it's my first time ever listening live I am so sorry. Uh, yeah, it's just little old me holding down the airwaves. Thought it would be better than a complete lack of show, though apparently opinions are divided on that fact. So I will plunge ever onward into the actual meat of the show, during which there will be likely less rambling on my part. The topic for today is our last Masters of Five from the Outlands, the Akanai Crypts. And we will saunter on over to our good friend... Wowhead, www.wowhead.com, plug, 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 and read their lovely intro. And Akanai Crips is one of the four wings of Akanai, of Akandun, or Akandown, depending on who you ask. So, Akandown is a former Draenei holy site and horde fortress in the middle of the Bone Wastes in Outland's Terracar Forest. The way you get there, since we've been asked to say, hey, where are these places that we are going to? Because a lot of people have only ever been summoned there. You proceed out of Shatrath City, and for the Alliance, you head towards Illyrian Stronghold, and I've already forgotten... Forgotten? Oh, I'm doing so well today. You, I've already forgotten the name of the Horde City that is in the same outer ring of the Bone Wastes. You go from the foresty section into the Grey Waste section of Terracar Forest, into the Bone Wastes, and in the center of that is a blasted-out... Uh, Dome City, which is the remains of Akandun. So, it was holy ground for the Draenei burial until the Shadow Council took over, summoned an extremely powerful demon as old as time itself, and destroyed half of Terracar Forest in the process. Different factions now vie for power in this magical spot. Ethereals suck the arcane energy from the Mana Tombs, the Burning Legion harvest souls in the Akanai Crypts, Arakoa Zealots work dark magic in the Sethic Halls, and the Shadow Council plots its dominion of the Outland from within the Shadow Labyrinth. Akanai Crypts is a wing of Akandun, and its entrance can be found to the west of the Ring of Observance. The mobs in the Akanai Crypts are mostly humanoid and undead Draenei and skeletons. An average pull will consist of two or three Draenei, with two to four undead non-elites joining the fight. There are many wandering non-elite undead in this instance, in which in many cases can be avoided. Be aware that extra undead mobs may spawn at practically any time. This is another instance where if your 
faction holds the PvP objective out in Terracar Forest. While you are killing bosses, you will get the additional drop of spirit shards, which you can collect and turn into the PvP vendor in your particular city for some nice rings, headpieces, uh, generally, and some uh, free or cheaper than off the auction house meta gems. So they're worth collecting. And there's a couple of epic rings, some nice blue headpieces, and metagems for said headpieces. The, but again, that's only if your faction holds the towers outside uh, during your boss kill. And also gives you a buff while you're in the instance that increases the amount of damage you put out. Uh, the faction you get for running Akanai Crypts, I believe, is Lower City. Um, only up until Honored. Um, if you run it in heroic mode, you will continue to get reputation for lower city. Though why you would want to run this particular instance on heroic, I'm not so sure, because it is a small number of bosses and only two bosses. And it's particularly annoying and nasty on heroic mode. One of the interesting things about I've seen discussed about this instance is the developers, when talking about this, kind of re- regret designing it the way they did. They think it was a mechanism that would have been better suited for beginning 10-man content. And the mechanism they're referring to is the habit of having additional unseen mobs spawn in after a pull has been executed. So pre-marking targets with the Lucky Charms is less useful because there will be an unknown number of additional undead who will pop in and attack after the fight has been begun. This makes this instance particularly difficult to do a pickup group just because people really need to be on their toes. So it's not the same kind of static. We see everything we're going to see. We can pre-mark and assign people their jobs. Instead, you have to wait for things to appear and either engage them or crowd control them on the fly. Uh, which for a group of people who don't know each other, who aren't necessarily communicating well, which is your typical pickup group, can be a bit of a challenge. So that's part of where this particular instance gets its bad reputation is just this particular mechanism. Later on in the instance, there's some other spawning mobs that are even more annoying, but we'll get there in a minute. Um, Typically, what I've observed is if you do a one or a two pull, you will get one spawning in mob for each of them. Three or larger pull, I've seen it vary slightly as far as how many spawns. So I'm not sure if it's a pure one-to-one ratio, but if you plan for a one-to-one ratio of for each and every mob we pull, we will get a spawned in undead, then you, you could do a lot worse than to be prepared for that. Crowd control in here, uh, if you have a priest with you, uh, shackling is your friend, because a, a good percentage of these critters are undead. So you can uh, shackle them. I would not use the paladin's undead fear, because the mobs are very tightly packed in here. And it's likely to run off and bring back lots of friends who will then spawn in additional friends. Uh, so crowd control becomes very important. Freezing helps a lot. Um, apparently, 
what what else works on undead? No freezing works on undead. Black void, help me out here in a few minutes with other methods that are good on undead. Shackling, freezing, and what else? There are humanoids mixed in, so sapping is an option. However, there are mobs in here that are immune to crowd control. So you need to pick your car- your targets carefully. The initial hallway you enter into is very large, and it looks like there's a lot of mobs. You can just go straight down the center, and if you are careful with your pulls and don't let anything get away and don't fear anything, a lot of the mobs that line the walls to either side of you can be ignored. Uh, This is really quite a small, short instance. Uh, What makes it run so long is having to deal with all these additional pulls or these additional mobs that spawn in and the frequent wipes that may happen if you don't have a very well-organized group. But you will proceed through the main hallway, just pull very carefully, and assign someone to either off-tank or crowd control or do something to the mobs that appear after you begin each pull. And you will get to the end of the hall. There's usually a nice treasure chest at the end of the hall and a stairway that leads upstairs to the next level. This is very similar in design to one of the others, I think uh, Sethic Halls is a very similar design to this one where you go down to the end, up a stairs, and then double back on yourself. And it's basically very repetitive pulls of small groups of undead and humanoids. And until you get to the end of the hallway on the second floor, where there is a very large round room and some mobs that are difficult to see from the entryway, and you also don't want to proceed too far into the room, especially if you are level appropriate for this instance, because uh, the aggro radii on these things is fairly large. So if you're in there during your mid-60s as a group, uh, be very careful not to go too far into this room and to mark everything you can see. This is one of the larger pulls in the instance, and... This is where I've experienced the largest number of of wipes here because it's a large number of mobs that you can see and a large number that will spawn in during the fight. So be prepared for this one to be kind of crazy. Use what crowd control you can. Uh, If you've got powerful AoE with you, probably might not be a bad idea. Uh, The... Well, I I might be pantsless. You, You just have no way of knowing... That's what I get for glancing into the black void. I fail. So, uh, yes, killing does indeed work on undead. Thank you for that. That is a a guaranteed method of crowd control. If they're dead, they are crowd controlled. Thank you very much. Um, Polymorph. Polymorph does work on undead as well. I was not aware of that. Good. So, assign your mages and your priests to the spawning in ads and get them crowd controlled, deal with things in an orderly fashion. Now, after you deal with the round room with the wreckage in the middle of it with the large number of mobs, you will be facing a large room with a bridge over a bottomless chasm. There will be another large pull just inside the entrance to that room, So have someone sneak in, look to the left, look to the right. There's a large number of mobs off to either side as well as ones who will spawn in. There's also a patrol that walks up and down the bridge. You want to make sure that they're at the far end when you do your pull at the head of the bridge. The 
Yeah, I thought Polly only worked on humanoids, beasts, and critters only. So no, no polymorph on undead. Black Voiden, leading me, leading me wrong, leading me astray. Shame on you all. <sighs> yeah, news to me. So, the another large pull at the entrance to this room, and then pull the four-person patrol, again with additional spawn-ins, deal with them off the bridge. Do not proceed onto the bridge if you can help it. Because on the bridge you get introduced to, uh, I believe they are angry spirits of some kind. I forget what they are called. Let's check here. And NPCs. Hmm. Phantasmal. No, no, no. Raging souls. Yes, the raging souls are quite annoying. They are these red-colored spirits. They're kind of the just the torso graphic. Not all that easy to see. If you turn on scrolling combat text for this section, it's helpful because when they spawn in and come for you, you go into entering combat, so that can be your indicator that they're coming for you. And what these mobs will do is find you on the bridge and charge at you, pause, and then explode with a very large knockback, generally knocking you off the bridge into the bottomless chasm, and you're now kissing the spirit healer. So you need to proceed across deliberately setting these things off. So proceed, have someone go across the bridge and then set off the raging spirit and run the hell away from them when they spawn, wait for them to explode, proceed all the way across the bridge, deliberately covering all of real estate and setting these things off so you don't have it hit the whole party. And the problem with it is if they do get knocked off, they generally land in a place where it's not possible to res them. I've seen it pulled off, but generally you land in an inopportune place to be resed and you have to do the death run all the way back and people wind up waiting for you. So if you can clear all of the raging spirits all the way to the foot of the stairs at the end of the bridge... Um, you will make your life a lot easier. Don't try and fight on the bridge. Pull that walking patrol back through the entryway you came in because the spirits will come on you during the fight and knock you into the chasm, and it's a very bad scene. Again, the scrolling combat text trick works nicely because you will enter combat when you set these things off, and that's your key to run like a sissy girl because that is really the only way of dealing with these things. Uh, you can roll the dice and see if you get knocked back in an opportune direction, but generally speaking, not going to happen. That will lead you to the foot of the stairs, and the foot of the stairs is right before the first of two bosses in this instance. This is another one of the big floating brain guys like Brogok from the uh, Blood Furnace, uh, which, ironically, when you hover over them, are classified as humanoid, which just kind of makes me go, huh? But okay. Uh, big floating brain thing with tentacles and a butt. But anyway, this guy is annoying in a couple of ways, just because you have to have a pretty well-organized group. So if you're pugging, you may or may not get that. And has an area of effect magic inhibition that he puts up called huh, Inhibit Magic. And we read from our friendly entry on Wowhead. The AoE effect is Inhibit Magic. This aura places a debuff on all players within its range. Increases casting time by 50% per stack. Stacks up to four times for a total of plus 200% cast time. 
The maximum level of stacking is related to the distance the player stands from the boss. The closer you stand, the higher it stacks. Casters can, and should, stand at maximum range to minimize the effect of this debuff. This is one of two very annoying things that this boss does. So your casters need to tiptoe at maximum range. You can't really stay out of the aura. You can just stay in the 50% cast speed increased area because to get completely out of the aura, you're generally out of range of doing any useful casting or healing. The tank should take the boss all the way to the back of the area that you find him in, so you're facing him, you engage and you run through him, and I generally go back and to the left. There's a little niche in the wall, and I begin tanking him there, or him, it, she, they, whatever the heck it is. And that way, I pull the aura away from the casters, and they can inch up on the aura, get under the edge of it, get within their casting range, and do their healing and their damage from max range. Now, the other thing he does that is very annoying is he will emote during the fight that he's focusing his attention or focuses his energy on hmm, X. Someone in the party will, will receive the focus. That means an AOE fire blast is, is shortly going to land at that person's current location. It doesn't track them. It's where they're standing at the moment the emote goes up or the raid warning goes up on the screen. So generally what we do is we run him back and forth from left to right. So I will take him back and to the left. The casters will all herd to the left-hand side at maximum range. So we're all along the left-hand side of the area. So without regard to who gets the focus, whenever the raid warning flashes up that Shirok the Dead Watcher focuses his energy on party member X. We all just go to the opposite side. So I run over to the opposite niche on the right-hand side. The casters all run over to the exact same position, but on the right-hand side. That way, no matter who got the focus, we were all over on the left. We are all now over on the right. The big AoE fire blast will land over on the left, hopefully far away from us. And if you're paying attention, this is a very easy way to deal with this. The trick is getting everyone to understand what you're doing and to pay attention. And if you've got a group of friends, easier to do. If you've got a pug, not necessarily easy to do. So lather, rinse, repeat for this section. You pull him to one side. Everyone herds over to that side. You don't, you don't pile up on the boss. You just hug one side. Casters at maximum range melee on him where he is. As soon as you see the raid warning go up saying he's focusing his energy on somebody, everybody just shifts to the opposite side without regard to who got the focus and wait for the big explosion to go off and then continue DPSing and tanking. And every time he emotes that he's focused his energy on someone, you move to the opposite side. And you just keep doing this back and forth and back and forth and back and forth until the boss is dead. Sounds simple, but communicating that and having people understand it can be tricky. So take your time, explain the fight to people if you're pugging or if you're just teaching people to fight for the first time. Do not be disheartened if you wipe on this guy. He is a bit of a pain simply because healing is going to have its cast time increased by a minimum of 50%, and DPS casting is going to have its cast time increased by a minimum of 50%. So there's not a lot you can do. Um, so if you're an 
a group that's of questionable DPS, this is going to make it worse. If you're in a group that has questionable healing or tanking, this is going to make it even worse. So this guy is a bit of a pain for an undergeared group or just an inexperienced group. Uh, let me read through the other effects that our friends at Wowhead have compiled for us. Attract magic. Area of effect attack that pulls party members closer to him like a reverse knockback. If you are far away, you are also pulled significantly upwards. If Shirak is between you and the stairs, you can actually be thrown down them and take significant fall damage. This, obviously, interrupts casting, and being pulled in will give you the full inhibit magic debuff, which can be tough on healers if it does it multiple times. You can cast instant cast spells while in midair. So they've made a mechanic here where you don't want to get close to this guy if you're a caster and then have put in an effect that ensures you're going to be closer to him because the developers are evil. So when you get pulled in, get back to maximum range as quickly as you can to minimize the stacking debuff on your casting. Carnivorous Bite, melee range, bleed debuff that is applied to all nearby players roughly every 10 seconds. This can stack if you stay in melee range, dealing considerable damage. He seems to always trigger it right after using the Attract Magic so that everyone getting pulled in will get it before being able to move away. Evil. Evil developers. And then the Focus Fire, Shirak emotes, Shirak the Dead Watcher focuses his energy on target. This is a raid message, not only, not only an emote that shows up as text. He places a static, non-targetable beacon under one player, so there's a little flame flare effect, flare effect on the ground. And after three to five seconds, the beacon will explode and emit several pulses of AoE fire damage. This is about 1650 fire damage per hit in normal mode, 3500 in heroic. This is by far his most dangerous ability and much of the fight relies on keeping good positioning and quickly reacting to this attack. And that really is the key. You gotta watch for that raid warning and just move. Just move, know where you're going to and get there and trust your tank to bring the guy over. Trust your healer to keep you alive and just get the heck away from the beacon. And having a set position to run to helps because if you just say get away from the flaming beacon, people will run in all kinds of different directions and accidentally run into the wall and not be able to get out of the AoE. So people knowing we're going from this fixed spot on the left to this fixed spot on the right makes it easier for people to plan their move and just move instantly and actually be pointing in the right direction before the emote even goes off. Um, sounds very straightforward and can be a piece of cake once you have figured it out. Figuring it out for the first time can be a bit of a pain, and getting people you don't know very well to do it can also be a pain. So, the fat loot that this guy drops, or girl, or blob, or thing, or whatever the heck it is, uh, if your, your side holds the towers, you get your spirit shard, has the Oculus of the Hidden Eye, a trinket, increases damage and healing done by magical spells and effects by up to 33, and has a clicky use, the next opponent you kill within 10 seconds that yields experience or honor will restore 900 mana with a two-minute two-minute cooldown. Nice uh, DPS caster trinket there. The Hope Bearer Helm has a plate, looks like a Tankadin or Redadin Helm, uh, high armor, 30 strength, 23 agility, 19 stamina, red, yellow, and blue sockets with a socket bonus of 2 mana per 5, and has an equip effect of increases hit rating by 13. The collar of command, cloth headpiece, 
Stamina, intellect, spirit, and an equip effect of increases healing, down by up to 66, and damage by 22 for all magical spells and effects. So nice healing-type headpiece. Shard the Lesser, a sword with 25 stam and increases... This is a one-handed sword. Increases your expertise rating by 14. And the Raven Heart Headdress, leather headpiece. Uh, looks like a tree druid. Actually, this looks like a... Is kind of a descendant of the Wild Heart headdress. Even has the same graphic, and looks like one of their attempted all-purpose pieces for a druid. Uh, Twenty-two strength, twenty-four stamina, twenty-three intellect, sixteen spirit, red, blue, blue socket, uh, socket bonus of two mana per five, and an equip bonus of increasing healing by thirty-five and damage by twelve for all magical spells and effects. And that is Shirak the Dead Watcher is one of the only two bosses. You'll proceed past him and hang a left, and there will be some large groups of skeletons that you will have to deal with next. And unfortunately, these are not your typical AoE non-elite skeletons. These are groups of elite skeletons. Uh, and I'm still going after these guys because they drop a an enchanting recipe that I still have not gotten on my druid. And they have a very low drop rate. But you need to be careful and do full crowd control. They're larger models than you typically see on the skeletons that you pull in large quantities and usually easily AoE down. These are giant-sized skeletons with armor on and are definitely all elites. So deal with them accordingly. Crowd control, chain them, freeze them. Uh, if you want to pull very far back into the corridor or back into the area where you killed Shirak, then you can play around with uh, using the Paladin's Fear Undead ability pretty safely. If don't, Just don't try and do it in the room. You want to definitely pull these groups far back to where you came from, giving your crowd controllers time to stop things along the way and also pull you to an area where using your Fear ability becomes useful. Um, and there's, I believe, four or five of these large groups. Just don't ever forget you're dealing with elites. These will not go down quickly. And do use every form of crowd control you have at your disposal. If you have a really good tank and very powerful AoE, you can AoE them down. Uh, you just want to make sure your tank has solid aggro on all of them or has their AoE taunt available to pull them back once the AoE person pisses them off enough that they go running off to kill them. Uh, but judge accordingly. If you're in here and you're level appropriate, you probably don't have the AoE strength to knock down a large group of elites. Um, if you're in here and you're pulling friends through and you are geared up to the nines, then have fun AoEing the, the living uh, crap out of them. So just don't underestimate the skeleton pulls. They are not your typical, oh, we'll just AoE them down. The final room that you come into does have lots of the small skeletons that can be easily AoE'd down. And they will, some of the groups will have a single uh, mob who is an elite with them, and some of them will just be groups of little skeletons. So once you see this, the large groups of skeletons that are tiny and aren't wearing armor, you can shift back to, let's just, you know, Arcane Explode them down, or 
AOE fire them down or whatever method you prefer. Um, whip out your hurricane, nuke them down, and just make sure the tank is on the elite if there is one. Some of the groups will have an elite uh, evil drain eye with them. Others will not, and just pay attention. Very large cavernous room with a whole bunch of these groups. Pull them in a careful order. Um, they will not cross aggro if you don't pull them in a, in a stupid fashion. Don't pull them through each other. should be pretty obvious which ones to pull safely in what order. And using that method of just waiting for your cooldowns and AoEing the little guys down and killing the single elite should allow you to clear the entire large room and have just the apparently single but actually double boss waiting for you. Oh, look at that. We have our very first... Hello, Nemesis. Are you here to get toys? I just got a grin for that. So, we are actually to the point of our next music break. Conveniently enough, when we return, we will deal with the final boss fight of Akanai Crips and wrap up with some of your emails and shoutouts and turn it over to Octail and Hordak for their triumphant return from pre-recorded goodness. You are listening to Casually Hardcore Live on Wild Radio. I am Gnomewise, I am running solo, and I will be back right after this. Hey everyone, I'm Veronica from Revision 3's Techzilla, and you are listening to WoW Radio. Okay guys, listen up. This is very important, so listen closely. When you see the blizzard being cast, do any locusts stand still. Run away from it. Just stand where you are. And remember, when you see the rings of fire appear on the floor, you must stop at any that move or turn or do anything. It is imperative that you do this, otherwise you'll wipe the raid. Everybody clear? Okay, let's go. Has this ever happened to you? Is your guild suffering from a breakdown in communication? Then you need a premium quality Ventrilo server from UGTServers.com. Choose your location and choose from some of the cheapest servers around and have your new server set up in minutes. Unlike many other providers, low prices don't mean crippled servers. UGT Servers lets you choose from premium quality codecs for the best sound quality around at no extra charge. And you can even let your entire guild share the cost of the server using the unique guild deposit system. Doesn't your guild deserve the best? Get your premium quality Ventrilo server from UGTServers.com. That's UGTServers.com. And enjoy crystal clear voice communication. And welcome to the Enrichment Center. Oh, and welcome to the Enrichment Center. Oh, your specimen has been processed. Your specimen has been processed. Hello. Your specimen has been processed. Hello. And we are now ready to begin the test proper. The device has been modified. You found me. Congratulations. Was it worth it? 
The only thing you've managed to break so far Is my heart This isn't brave It's murder What did I ever do to you? You don't even care, do you? Please proceed into Android Health. Weighted storage cube destroyed. Weighted storage cube destroyed. Weighted storage cube destroyed. Thank you for participating in this Aperture Science computer-aided enrichment activity. Goodbye. Goodbye. Are you still there? Here at WOW Radio, we don't even lift a finger to get our work done. We have a trained chimp do it for us. <laughs> no! Put that down! Hello, I return live on Wild Radio. This is Gnome Wise, and you are listening to Casually Hardcore on WCRadio.com. So we'll be wrapping up our coverage of Alkanite Crypts, Masters of Five. We have dragged you through the instance of Evil Undead. Uh, I was reminded by the amazing Muggy to mention that in those large pulls, especially that one at the top of the first set of stairs, you begin getting mobs that will summon in and do mind control. Uh, yeah. Even better. Uh, the mind control targets become primary targets. You want to either freeze them or better yet, just kill them first, uh, freeing anyone who has been mind-controlled and preventing them from mind-controlling anyone else. Yeah, that was a particular evil from this instance that I had just blocked right out of my head. So yeah, in the, in the first half of the instance, part of what you will be dealing with is mind-controlling mobs and summoned-in mind-controlling mobs. <sighs> Bliss, joy, slash love for the developers. Or slash hate, I think, is actually what we should more be feeling about. Anyway, you have cleared out the huge cavernous end area. All the small AoE skellies are dealt with in the little... Her, not heroic. Durr. Gnomewise is drawing a blank. Elite! Thank you, they're elite keepers. And you face Exar, Exarch Maladar. Big honk and drain eye in foofy red armor who is, in fact, two bosses in one, though he doesn't appear to be. He is one of the more fun and interesting mechanics. They've done so many evil mechanics in this instance up until now. This one, I think, is kind of fun. The main thing he does that I like and is very challenging, but is kind of neat, is the soul steal. 
And to rely again on the lovely write-up from Wowhead, because they put it better than I ever could, Soulsteel creates a stolen soul of the targeted player, a non-elite shadow of the same class, that will attack the group. They will most likely aggro to the healers immediately, and DPS must kill all of these quickly. The dark side cannot be polymorphed, feared, shackled, or counterspelled. They may be immune to other crowd control measures. However, they can be feared using the Paladin's Turn Undead ability. The player whose soul is stolen by this effect will receive a debuff, decreasing all damage and healing done by that player by 50%. So, you will get someone of the race and class. So, if a rogue gets their soul stolen, you'll have a shadowy black figurine that looks like them going around and backstabbing people. If you get a druid, you'll be getting moon fired. So, it's whoever gets the soul steal, a copy of them is made, and you're now facing the big boss and his little minion. Thankfully, they're non-elites, and you can target them quickly and lay waste to them. The other thing he does, big thing he does, in addition to soul-stealing during the fight, is when you pass over the 25% health threshold on him, he summons the Avatar of the Martyred, which is another boss. So, I'd say... DPS-style boss. And it says here he has a Mortal Strike ability that hits for around 2,500, and hits regular melee hits for around 1,500 damage. So your tank needs to be on his or her toes and go pick up the Avatar of the Martyred and tank them both, or have someone to off-tank and kill the Exarch Maladar and then focus your fire on the Avatar of the Martyred. The good news is once you drop Exarch Maladar, you will no longer have the soul copies being made. Um, You'll just have basically a tank and spank fight on your hands. But if you've been bleeding away all of your resources fighting Exarch Maladar, having the full-strength Avatar of the Martyr arrived late in the fight can be a bit of a downer. Uh, The... Other things that the Avatar, other that uh, Exarch Maladar does during the fight, he does have an AOE fear ability. Uh, Soul Scream, it's called. Fears everyone within a 10 yard radius, lasts 2 to 3 seconds. Uh, your friendly chamois can drop a Tremor Totem, or your priest can drop a Fear Ward on at least the tank. And Ribbon of Souls randomly targets a player and casts Ribbon of Souls, hitting for around 1100 shadow damage. So those are the big ones. He will steal souls, he will do a burst shadow damage attack, and he will AoE fear people who are near him. And then at 25% health, he summons the other guy, who you then have to deal with while you're finishing off Exarch Maladar and his soul copies, and then you need to tank and spank and DPS the extra boss down in order to win the fight. If you just drop Exarch Maladar and don't drop the Avatar of the Martyred, I believe the entire fight resets. I'm not entirely certain about that um and then you will get a piece of loot off of each of them and the loot pool from exarch maladar again if you have the towers taken by your faction you'll get a spirit shard they have the iron staff of regeneration nice two-handed staff uh with lots of healing and stamina intellect and spirit on it the Dark Guard face mask, a nice DPS leather face piece, headpiece rather, with agility, stamina, hit, and attack power on it. 
the Fetish of the Fallen, which was a trinket I carried for a while. A nice trinket for melee DPS. Equipping increases attack power by 56 and has a click use of the next opponent killed within 15 seconds that yields experience or honor will restore 900 health. Very similar to the Oculus from earlier in the instance, except for this one restores health instead of mana and buffs attack power instead of spell damage. The Ring of the Exarchs, a agility, stamina, and attack power melee DPS ring. The Machnathal Beast Mask, a male headpiece with agility, stamina, intellect, red, red, yellow socket, and a socket bonus of 2 mana per 5, and attack power of 44 for the melee shaman in your life, and potentially the uh, hunter in your life. And the Slippers of Serenity, cloth feet, 10 stamina, 22 intellect, 15 spirit, red socket, blue socket, socket bonus of plus 3 resilience, and an equip bonus of Increases healing by 35 and damage by 12. So another healing uh, cloth piece. Uh, feet to go with the head you got earlier. And the avatar of the martyred. And of course, now my internet connection has chosen this moment to grind to a halt. His loot table is as follows. The natural mender's wraps. Nice leather healing hand pieces. Stamina, intellect, spirit, and increases healing by 55 and damage by 19. The Akanai Death Shroud. Agility, stamina, hit rating, and attack power. Uh, nice melee DPS cloak. The Skybreaker. One main-handed mace. 13 stamina, 20 intellect, damage and healing done by spells and effects by 132. Looks like a nice tankadin main hand piece. Will of the Fallen Exarch. Main hand mace again. Stamina improves resilience and increases healing. So nice one-handed healing and resilience piece. The Hang on, just one moment. I'm sorry about that. And the Drainic Wild Staff, two-handed staff with strength, agility, stamina, improves hit, and has attack power improvement in cat, bear, dire bear, and moonkin form of 539. Nice feral druid staff for, looks like mainly cat form, I would say, because it has no armor on it, but good general purpose one for this for this level break. And finally, the Waste Walker Shoulder Pads. And these are one of the annoyingly rare drop. Uh, dungeon set three and a half pieces. This is the shoulders for the uh, leather set, which could be used equally by a, a cat druid or a rogue. With agility, stamina, red socket, blue socket. Socket bonus of crit and has hit and attack power on it, as well as set bonuses if you have more of the Waste Walker armor which you probably never will have, because generally speaking, you're into badge gear by the time that stuff would start dropping. Anyway, so that is your double-dose boss and two pieces of loot. Uh, Only the Exarch Maladar will drop the Spirit Shard for you, but they'll each drop you a blue from their various tables. A nice assortment of of loot there for various people. This will let you grind your lower-level, lower-city reputation up through Honored, and... 
generally don't see this one run a whole lot. I rarely see it run on Heroic, because uh, the bosses are fairly vicious on Heroic, and it's only a two-badge instance, so you don't get a lot of return on your investment. Um, if you're grinding your lower city rep, then it's not a bad place to run a Heroic to get reputation beyond Honored. And there is a bonus boss in this instance, I believe. No, I'm thinking of a completely different instance. I beg your pardon. I was thinking of your in Mana Tombs. My bad. So, that is our tour of Auconite Crypts, which brings to a conclusion our Masters of Five coverage of the Outlands. And we can discuss if people want to go back and do some quick and dirty Masters of Five on some of the old world instances. Uh, we are looking forward to the new instances in Wrath of the Lich King, whenever that may ship. Um, the oh, That's what I get for glancing into the Black Void. Oh, dear, oh, dear. So sorry. Uh, the Yeah, this one generally doesn't get run a whole lot, which is probably why I never got my Wastewalker shoulder pads and was unable to... Uh, I was actually going after those healing gloves because they were pretty darn good leather healing gloves for their level. But anyway, enough about me. Let's talk about you. In the form of emails and shoutouts. Going to the IRC with the Amazing Muggy, we have... Yes, don't forget to mention about the mobs that spawn and do mind control. Did that. A shout-out from Jokafant or Jokfanton or Jokafanton, level 64 warlock, the Maelstrom EU, long-time listener, second-time writer. I'd like to send a shout-out for myself for getting accepted to art school, which I will be attending this autumn, and I got myself a new computer. Soon I will be able to play WoW again. I'll give you 20 gold if you read this in the radio voice. Well, if you'd put that at the beginning of the shout-out, I might have known to read it in the radio voice, but you put it at the end, so you'll just get the words radio voice in the radio voice. And a shout-out from Jags. Shout-out to my little girl, Tiana, level 6 hunter on Feathermoon from her daddy, Jags. Smiley, smiley. And Masters of Fire, Rage, Fire, Chasm. Hmm. Masters of Five, the Stockades. Masters of Five, Dead Mines and Van Cleef. Yeah, maybe. We certainly do it as a one-off for the for the uh, sheer unadulterated hell of it. So, bouncing over to email, we have one titled. Whoops! Thank you for having to do webmail because of our Verizon connection, and I've been logged off. Please hold one moment. I let it go idle for far too long, and it kicked me out. An email entitled simply, Thank you, Casually Hardcore. Hello, Casually Hardcore crew and the all-powerful nemesis. I always listen to your archive, and living in Australia, have never had the chance to listen live before, although with your time change, I will try to listen when I get the chance to. I recently flew to Italy from Australia, a whole with a whole travel time, including stopovers and waits of around 40 hours. Fail. Wondering what I could do, I downloaded a lot of your archived episodes and thus was not bored on the trip. Thank you. You're welcome. Also, which of the non-combat pets are you still to collect? Iolite, do you have the Horde side pets? Shout out to you guys, Nemesis and my friend Kade or Kade on Bronzebeard US server from 
Tigget or Tigget, level 70 troll rogue on Bronzebeard US. P.S. Sorry the email is a bit unorganized. I'm writing this in a hotel lobby with only a limited amount of time on my internet. No problem. Uh, I believe IO does have an assortment of the horde side pets, not some of the rarer ones. They did make it easier. The Burning Crusade uh, horde side pets and alliance side pets could all eventually be purchased from a vendor in uh, Stormspire, so you didn't necessarily have to auction house them. Um, I know the Dark Whelpling still evades her, as well as the Crimson Whelpling, uh, and we utterly failed to get any of us the uh, flame pet from the Midsummer Festival. <sighs> I guess just an insanely low drop rate or just insanely bad luck on our part, uh, which is sad because I was told that the side effect of that pet was if you brought him near critters, he would eventually set them on fire, which to me is just hours of entertainment. But I'm also the kind of guy who would bring out Sleepy Willie and bring him near critters and just wait for him to moonfire them to death, so I'm kind of creepy that way. But that's just me. Um... Next week, when we are back at full force and Grail is back from out of town and Io is no longer on containment duty, we can ask her ourselves. And where did that one go? So sorry, I am under organized. There it is. Down under to up over. Come in, please. Dearest, oh so dear, Iolite, Gnomewise, and Gwenora, apologies for the spelling. Warcraftian is not my first language. I am a new player. Yep, a real noob, but not one of those pretend noobs you find out there. I'm a married Brit with occasional wife aggro with two children, so I have similar containment issues, and I'm living down under in the land of Aussie. My cousin has played WoW a great deal. Five level 70 characters attest to that. Damn. And advised me to check out... WoW Radio's podcast as a means to help get into it. With that done and the decision made, I decided on the server Ice Crown US. Yes, your very own humble abode. I've gone for a mage, and his name is inspired by one of you, No Mates. Apparently, partially inspired by Gnome Wise and partially an old movie called Norm the Gnome, which I found to be as funny as a funny thing on a funny day. With your extensive movie knowledge, have you ever heard of that one? No, I have never heard of Norm the Gnome. So sorry. Anyway, wall of text aside, please say hi if you see me struggling online, and I look forward to leveling up to 70, and if you're still playing at that point, pugging with you all. Keep up the awesomatic work as your yet unknown new friend, Nomates. Oh, can I get a slay you all drop in pretty please with bells on? You absolutely can. I'm going to slay all of you. (laughs) Everyone dies painfully. We need to play that at least once per show just to put us in mindful memory of our missing Gwenora and looking forward to his triumphant return. No, no, we'll do it again. I'm on the wrong page. I fail. So, moving on to... There is your requested drop-in. And we can fill in just a few more emails and then we'll call it a day before the gnome rambles too much. (laughs) Ah... That is true. We are not done with Masters of Five and Outlands. How could I screw that up? This from Nemethor. Casually a hardcore crew. There is still one more Masters of Five to be had, and that is Hellfire Ramparts. I wouldn't want you to forget the five-man, this five-man, and many people can benefit from the info you provide. Just making sure my Masters of Five fix has one more going strong. Much love and cake, Nemethor. P.S. Can I get 
the Are You Smoking Crack for you guys forgetting ramparts. Anyway, great show and keep them coming. I, of course, will give you Are You Smoking Crack? And yeah, we need to get that fail drop in here because in my little catalog of all of the instances we had covered, I completely missed the fact that we completely missed covering Hellfire Ramparts. Probably just because it was so long ago that we ran that for the first time that I almost consider it a an old world wow instance because you one of the beautiful things about the design of burning crusade is you could walk through the portal on launch day and walk straight into hellfire ramparts and have a fantastic reasonably short fat loot instance experience right through the gates and i'm hoping they do something very similar with wrath of the lich king where they provide you a couple of instances where you can just get on the new continent and if you feel like it, if you've got five friends and or four friends and want to go to an instance, they'll have one that is level 70 to 71 appropriate and you can get you right into starting to re-gear yourself and get you into the storyline of the new expansion. We'll see. I loved it and I can't believe we forgot Ramparts. So yes, we will definitely do a Masters of Five Hellfire Ramparts before we call this done. And all of you who are saying, no, not another Masters of Five, I say, neener, neener, neener. Let's see. <laughs> Moogie, let's get an Iolite burp. <sighs> you people are very strange. Uh, let's see. Where was it there? There we go. I'm sorry. There you go. One Iolite burp sold along with... Don't kid yourself there. You're a bit of a pussy. No offense. There we go. Yep, getting requests for the IO burp drop-in in the main channel. So burped. And let's blaze through one more email here, and then we will turn the stream over to the amazing Octale of Octale and Hordeck versus the world fame. And he will do his musical pre-show and then return to the airwaves with great triumph for great justice. Please observe the dead air while I seek out what will be our final email for today. <sighs> Where did it go? Hmm, let's see here. Yes, that was amazing dead air. I'm going to, have to edit that one out of the archive. Yikes. Uh, that was not what I wanted. I fail completely. There it is. This is... <laughs> Someone actually sent us a JPEG image of a bowl of chicken soup <laughs> from Pussar and Hellspawn. This is from last week when both Grail and Io had the crud, and the very next day I came down with the crud. So we're all swimming in antibiotics right now. Yay. And I and Pussar sent us a picture of a bowl of chicken soup because we needed chicken soup. Thank you, Pussar. That was very thoughtful. And shout out to the Hellspawn and the next generation of Nemesis that the Hellspawn represents. For those of you who don't know what the hell I'm talking about, uh, you should spend more time in the IRC or on the forums on WCRadio.com for fine pictures of Pussar's offspring, also known as the Hellspawn. No, I didn't name him. That was her idea. Yes. I'm not lying. So, please join us next week for our coverage of transitioning from five-man content to ten-man content. We should be back at full strength with myself, Grail, and Iolite, as well as having full containment with Princess Emerald returning from out of town. And you won't 
be inflicted with nearly as much babbling on my part. Thank you for tuning in. Join us next week. Send us your emails to ch at wcradio.com. Join us on the web, www.wcradio.com. Click on the forum button to join our forum community. Click on the shows button to look at all the fine shows that are on the WOW Radio Network. Listen to Warcraft Anonymous, Octail and Hordeck vs. World, Wow Things Considered, Total Biscuits Show About Video Games. And am I missing anything here? Well, let's just look. We have this thing called the World Wide Web. Oh, and for those of you who may have seen some very strange security alerts uh, associated with our website, uh, that strange issue has been dealt with, and really there was never much of an issue there, and you should no longer see any alarming messages associated with our website. All things have been corrected. It just took our friends at Google forever and a day to get around to fixing that. Uh, listen to Max Speed Saturdays on WoW Radio and join us anytime you want during the week. Our 24-7 stream runs, ironically enough, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, playing gaming music and reruns of our most recent shows for your enjoyment while enduring the grind on the game of your choice. Thank you for joining me today. We will listen for you next week. This is Gnomewise signing off. Have a great day.